to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. Alfred, I haven't been honest with you. After you were hurt, Selena and I went looking for Reggie. We found him. Did you know? He didn't jump or fall. Selena pushed him. And why did she do that? Sometimes with men, you have to read between the lines. Nobody, no crime. Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's hit series Gotham, set in the world of Batman. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And we're back for uh, our next to last episode oh, before the, the big finale. Uh, nobody, no crime, nobody, no crime, nobody, no crime, nobody, no crime. Nobody, no crime. Nobody, no crime. Do we ever run out of music? I remember when we used to sing in the street of Gotham Town. Nobody, uh, no, no crime. The music generally fades Does out. Does it? Oh, yeah, I never generally. noticed it. No, but I was just thinking today, like, how crazy this whole year has been since September. Because, I mean, we, we got the four-week break in the mini hiatus. But besides that, we've, break. Been, doing, we've been, like, doing Gotham straight for, like, nine, <laughs> ten months now. So, so it, It's like a baby. I know. We're about and we're about to We're give about to birth a big mob war. A big big mob war. <laughs> we're about to birth a couple mobsters. Uh but uh, first off, uh speaking of the finale, we wanted to mention that next week, uh normally uh and uh, hello to the people in the chat. Uh hey. as always, we uh record this every eight Tuesday at 8:30 p.m. EST at live.universebox.com with our chatters. Except, except for next week, we're going to be recording Wednesday to give you guys plenty of opportunities to get your feedback in. Give us the feedback. For the final episode, and uh, yes, and I know the music's on. That's fine. Ah. I know, but I, something else uh, you guys might want might want to be aware of too is the week after we're going to do a big season wrap up kind of discussion, a hangout with a bunch of people. I love and, yeah, and so if you guys are into that, if you have a webcam or a smartphone with a Google Plus app, and and you want to take part, definitely go ahead and shoot us an email over to uh, legendsofgotham at gmail and we'll go ahead and uh, you know uh, get in touch Pull with some you. People and, in, yeah, try and work that out. We'd like to have a big crowd, like. Mm. You know, six, seven, eight, something like that would be mm-hmm. usually about the right size. Definitely. But, okay, we're, we're going to go ahead and get started and talk about this week's of Gotham, uh, the Anvil or the Hammer, Emery. 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 Yes. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and get us started with the rhyming, riddling summary and your two little guys My there. My two little friends. Okay. Yes. Who teaches the ogre about bedside manner? According to hookers, it's not in his planner. Who, really? <laughs> Who taught Oswald the old switcheroo? It doesn't work on Maroney and crew. Is Jim too angry? Just overtired. Will the oncoming war cause him to retire? Will Ogre's knife cause the dam- damsel to stammer? Find out in this week's The Anvil or The Hammer. Of the course, as I go to be dramatic, you turn away hammer. from me. The Anvil or The Hammer. The Anvil or The Hammer. Uh, so, uh, Emery, what did you think of this episode overall? <laughs> I'm guessing that means you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> nobody no crime nobody no crime nobody no crime nobody no crime um no i really liked it too i thought it was a really strong episode and it really impressed me i because we we've all seen it, it going towards sort of a mob war you know the entire season the creators have said as much but i was starting to kind of wonder how are we going to get everything in position here in time for next week right and then it was like yeah everything just kind of slipped into place and it, it was really cool too I, something I wanted to talk about first here is just because it's pretty unusual 
terrible title. Uh, people might not catch the reference. That uh, would be me who earlier said, hey, what did the title mean? And I said refer uh, to my to first point, point or just wait until we start the show. <laughs> I'll explain it. But uh, yeah, the title of the episode is The Anvil or the Hammer. And uh, this is a quote from a guy named uh, Goth. He's a big, uh, he was a big uh, thinker of a, about theater, drama, all that kind of stuff back in the 1800s, I believe. And he's actually a guy whose uh, general philosophy of criticism we kind of use here and over on our Once Upon a Time podcast, uh, Greetings from Storybrooke, to kind of make sure we're fair in our criticism of the shows. Uh, we can get into that later, though. Uh, the quote that they pulled the title from, uh, from Goth, is, you must either conquer and rule or serve and lose. Suffer or triumph, be the anvil or the hammer. Oh. So basically, basically the quote is the quote is saying that uh you know you you in any situation you have to be the 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 winner the actor or you have to be the loser the actee sort of thing you know the anvil and the hammer is kind of like you know like on at a forge or something you know making a sword I uh, and so uh you know goes basically saying that in any sort of conflict. One person has to be the person hitting mm-hmm. uh, the person who's losing or whatnot. Now, <laughs> all, the, all the main characters in this episode kind of had this dynamic going on. Mm-hmm. So as far as I could interpret it, uh, Jim is the hammer uh, pounding away at problems until they look the way he wants them to. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he wants Gotham City and GCPD and everything to be his vision mm-hmm. of Gotham City and uh, the GCPD. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's the hammer pounding on the, on the precinct. Mm-hmm. Until it uh, fits his vision. And Penguin is the anvil, uh, tired of all the pressure from the mobsters above him, like, mm-hmm. pounding down on him. Okay. So the fact that the hammer, Jim, owes the anvil, Penguin, a couple of big favors, makes me think that Jim will have to make some compromises to help Penguin come out on top next week in the, the big mob war that's coming up. Interesting. Uh, maybe by the end of the episode, they'll have switched positions. Uh, Jim as the anvil and Oswald as the hammer pounding down on him. Huh. But that's what I was thinking. Interesting. Anyway. So, um, dumb non-comic girl question. Okay. Uh, Maroni and Falcone, mm-hmm. do, do they live on? I, in the, <laughs> do they live to fight another day? Yeah, in the in the comics, they're both mobsters at various... They're still there? In various continuities at various times. Falcone was a big player in Batman Begins. Uh, okay. Like, uh, if, I don't know, Bruce, like, I don't know, uh, play, played a prank on him or something. I forget what the exact deal was before okay. he left to go on his training and everything. Oh, and yeah, I, I hope uh, our chatters are okay because I just noticed most of the chatters dropped out. So <laughs> I, I maybe we're boring. Uh, no, I think they just have connected. Yeah, yeah, but they stick around. They stick around. Okay, that was my question. I was just like, okay, we're having this giant mob war. Bruce Wayne is only 14 or 15. Um, he's not going to be Batman for a little <laughs> while. And you were mm. already pretty familiar with the names when yeah. it started. So mm. I was just curious what goes on with that. Yeah, like, so. on- honestly, as far as, like, predictions about how the war might go down and everything, I have a feeling Falcone, I don't think, is surviving this season because they've been portraying him the entire season as weak. Well, wise, like the old kind of, he's the old power and some. Something has to come in to replace him, and so I don't. Th- I don't think you can replace the head mob guy unless you kill him, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of you like a rite of passage. Although Fish came close. He almost left town for it. Yeah, he did. But we'll talk a, b- a little mm. bit about that later, too. But you wanted to talk about uh, good old Eddie boy, right? Oh, Mr. <clears throat> Nigma, Mr. Nigma. Okay, he brought the body to work. <laughs> he works at the police station. Yeah, that seems like a like a That seems really... like a bad, bad idea. Definitely. In two gigantic suitcases. First of all, the guy wasn't that big. But, <laughs> like, he brought the body to work. Wouldn't he have, I think he would have almost been easier to like steal the acid and uh, take it with to wherever he was. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and the bad thing is, is that it just that he he's looked at as the weird guy at work anyway. Like right. dragging a bunch of big suitcases around into into work isn't going to help anything. No, but I mean, I guess that also protects him because it shows that um nobody's gonna think twice about it Mm -hmm. so there's that i don't know um but yeah it's like does nobody care what he does all day though the only person he interacted with (laughs) was miss kringle and that's just because she needed a file like Mm -hmm. there are other dead bodies that have to actually be tended to right yeah i was actually surprised because he he even mentioned that leslie was the one that uh that was okay with him using the medical examining room i I figured they were gonna have her come in at some point like walking on them. What are what all are these bother parts about? Exactly. Like, well, she's too distracted by mm-hmm. some things. I don't know. She hasn't done much like work in also, a while. Also, why didn't Ed just put this in with the cache of body parts he used to get the medical examiner fired? If oh, no, 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 where that happened. But that just seems weird to me that nobody really <laughs> must care what he does all day. Because mm-hmm. for days he just does stuff. Well, like he he seems like a guy who they don't really bug unless unless they need him. Right. Like, you know. I mean, I mean, he spent an entire day stabbing watermelons. <laughs> what is that? Um, what did he do with the bone shards after he shattered them? Mm-hmm. After his little um, Hamlet esque talk, which I really loved. I loved the Hamlet esque talk. Like I, I I wondered though. Like I, I believe that the type of acid he was using I, th- I believe it's supposed to dissolve bone maybe he just did that just for funsies i just, could see it being yeah. for funsies they, but it, it reminded me of a on breaking bad uh mm-hmm. they they use this method to dispose of bodies every once in a while including little boys in later seasons. i don't want to know yeah but uh so so i expected it just to reduce the body to liquid yeah. and uh not not to have the bone laying around still hmm. but it seemed to be the only bone yeah i think he just saved it for some aggression no two bones about it no bones about it um <laughs> let's see um the the letter was absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. the reading between the lines was phenomenal like because she bought it she oh, yeah. bought every word of it <laughs> and then he really should have just left it so mm-hmm. that you could see the enigma. He, he might have no he pushed it in oh did he, he pushed okay. it in yeah but but that is such Cla- a classic Joker thing, just because the the thing. But that he's def- not the Joker, or not the Joker. The sorry, the Riddler. Uh, oh, but wrong character. The, the thing that defines this character is just his obsession with gi- giving everyone a fair shot to catch him. Like that's that's really what. Yeah. For for lack of a better phrase, that's what gets him off. You know, you know, in the situation, yeah. it's it's kind of just like, especially when someone when he puts the the riddle to somebody and they don't solve it or they don't even realize there's a riddle there. That's when he gets super good. You could tell. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, just so great to see him kind of leaning that way. And he also uh, Corey Michael Smith was a really good did a lot of really good physical comedy in this mm-hmm. episode too, which is so important for the Joker because he's a character who who you know from Frank Gorshin to Jim Carrey on is all about the phys- physicality, you know, yeah. rubber band body kind of thing. Yeah, he he's doing amazing because mm-hmm. um, I think I watched an interview or something with him, and he's very different in his like just his person is doesn't carry mm-hmm. himself that way and talk that way and such so it was really neat um it's nice to actually get to see him actually act oh yeah for sure so, and it's it's very intriguing so Nigma, I like it. I like the Nigma. Okay, so they introduced a new character uh, this week that uh, fans of, like, say, uh, Batman Begins or you know the cartoon shows or anything might be familiar with. Mm-hmm. It, character uh, name of uh, Lucius Fox, and uh, I thought it, it was really he, uh, Morgan Freeman played him in Batman. 
in ah, Dark Knight and all that. Morgan Freeman. Andy Dufresne. Oh, stop with the Andy Dufresne. <laughs> Bruce Wayne and Andy Dufresne. Okay, keep, keep going. Or Insane in the Membrane. Insane no, in the Membrane. Insane in the Brain. No, but I really liked uh, Lu- the portrayal of Lucius Fox because he, he just comes in and you kind of get the impression that he's been working with Thomas Wayne behind the scenes to kind of clean up Wayne Enterprises from the Court of Owls influence. Now, okay, I know they haven't confirmed Court of Owls yet or anything. They've hinted enough. They, they've hinted enough. Plus the reference uh, when uh, Bandersnatch or whatever his name is, Bunderflap. Not Bandersnatch. <laughs> Bunderslaw. 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 Uh, but when Bunderslaw is talking to Bruce and he's like, uh, you know, when members of the Wayne family reach a certain age, they get this speech that tells them it's okay to be evil. Right. Uh, they, you know, indicating that this whole conspiracy and everything goes back generations that feels very much court of owls right did you have something yes because um one of the line that um lucius fox says is he wasn't the man that the company thought he was he kept his best self hidden so i thought that was really interesting that they knew him as two different people like so bunderslaw is being like no it's cool (laughs) um yeah Sorry, I'm very distracted now. Oh, no, it's cool. I'm going to bring this up in a second. I'm just trying to get it uh, framed up here correctly. But the thing that that line, the true self thing, mm-hmm. got me thinking, I don't think they're actually going to do this on the show, mm-hmm. but it reminded me of something, a Silver Age comic book story featuring Thomas Wayne. Interesting. That where he he did hide his true self because he was the original Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he... he Came up with this costume that was inspired by the drawings of Da Vinci, which is actually where Bob Kane got or uh, Bill Finger got the designs for the original Batman costume from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he goes to a costume party dressed like this, and he ends up encountering various uh, criminal uh, elements and stuff, and getting into fist fights and everything. Here you can see uh, Bruce Bruce finds a home movie oh. uh, with his dad dressed as the Batman, winning the costume contest, and uh, knocking out the criminals. Oh. So if this is Thomas Wayne's full or true self that mm-hmm. Lucius was referring to that might be behind that little panel that slides out in next mm-hmm. week's episode that we've seen in every preview for the past three weeks mm-hmm. i'd be pretty happy about it it's never gonna mm-hmm. happen you don't we don't know yeah that's true. you really don't know like all we can do is speculate like how, how like how big of a like just like whoa would that be like the last couple minutes of the finale um what you call it the last couple minutes of the finale they open up that panel and, and there's ba- a bat there's a bat suit back there like that- season finale and everyone would be like, they're bringing it in too fast. They're bringing in too many characters too fast. Oh. That's exactly what the problem is. All of the happy little fanboys would be like, they can't have the suit yet. Yeah, and we're not completely making light of everybody who has these complaints. But the thing is, like, yeah, they could slow down a little bit, but then they're going to have – the Penguin is going to be the star of every episode, and people are going to get sick of him really quick. You know what but I mean? But you know what? Like, I don't think they're going that fast. Mm-hmm. I think they have gone extremely slow. Like, with Nygma's um, storyline, it took until, like, after the four-week break. We had two hiatuses before his story got going, and he was introduced in the pilot. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen Ivy Pepper in weeks since she realized <laughs> she wasn't the cute one. Um, yeah, that, that, that's true. I mean, one the, of the- 
with the villains and stuff, it's a slow burn. It's a very slow burn. The penguin, in essence, has come and gone. There have Mm -hmm. been episodes where we barely got to see him. Mm -hmm. Um, Fish has been gone for a couple episodes, and let's just face it, next week's our last episode. Um, Yeah, if if anything, like with the whole Enigma situation, like it kind, it was kind just a little disappointing because I realized that yeah, they're probably not going to break much with him this this season. Like Pat, like this murder thing and the ramifications of it are probably going to be it for his story this season. Like I don't see, I don't see him putting on green tights. No, unless well, I don't know, Kringle gives them to him or something. And then he'll never take them off. <laughs> but no, well, he confirmed months and months ago that he's season three. Mm-hmm. He's season three. They've already, you yeah, know, sketched I mean, out through season three. And Bruno Heller uh, announced that last week that you know season two is going to be the Joker, right? So, and this as guy right here, we've chatted about numerous times. The season was only it was supposed to end at episode sixteen, which is when the Joker was introduced. This entire half season and sort of got uh, thrown together a little bit mm-hmm. in a, like in essence um, yeah that's it, one of the reasons like I hope over the summer we can get uh, John Stevens or one of the other writers on here to, to explain how that went yeah because they got the expansion from 16 to 22 which means I, I, I'm pretty sure they had to build the fish plot line the whole doll mocker thing out of whole cloth and probably the ogre too right you know? but you know what I think the ogre's story was great oh definitely and I, I probably my favorite villain in this season uh, except for the the doll makers guys in the, the second episode ones? yeah yeah i think um yeah like it would be really interesting to see how that all went because fish could have easily left in episode 16 and we'd have been done with her mm-hmm. she took off yeah they had to build in the boat Mm-hmm. and all of that so that was really and weird they're running. They're, running. <laughs> they're running at the guy in the boat yeah so but I don't know. I, you you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Butch. Penguin's favorite henchman but not really but Fish's yes. favorite henchman Fish's. Penguin's acceptable henchman right okay <clears throat> so that's my whole deal Butch was like slapped in a sh- shape by my buddy Zaz um, and to listen to the penguin mm-hmm. but the longer he's there the more I actually believe he kind of like doesn't hate the penguin yeah he's like all right this is what I do mm-hmm. um How's he going to feel about, you know, he basically set up these two guys to get killed. Yeah. Like. Well, he seemed, he seemed impressed almost. If anything, Do you think I it thought, was impressed? Yeah, I think so. See, I don't know if I quite got do you, that. Do you think he's going to like try and double cross and like go I back do. to Falcone? And, I kind of do. Or is he going to go to Maroney? I, I don't know. I could see I that. don't know at this point. It, it all depends on what Fish does when she comes back. Well, like, see, that's a whole other thing. That's going to trigger him to just mm-hmm. like go off the deep end. <laughs> oh, yeah, I would like to say that uh, Morgan Scorpion and hi, Morgan. I, I recognize hey, you uh, in the chat room says if they push Penguin into the background, it will be a big mistake. He's the show's biggest draw. He is. Very much agreed. I think if anything, they're going to by the end of this season, they're just going to set him up to be in a very big, powerful position within Gotham. But he, I don't think he's going to be he's going to be in the background, but it's going to be sort of like i don't know like commissioner Loeb is in the background now where yeah he's, he's in the background stuff but he's he's a powerful presence right still. he's still definitely powerful and yeah i'm sure they'll have a joker penguin team up and riddler penguin or a, team a up. fight or yeah that, i think it would actually be more exciting mm-hmm. to watch the two of them fight see them struggle over turf or territory or right, i don't know something. just randomly psychotically killing somebody yeah basically so i don't know i'm just curious to see what goes on with butch because i'm not sure who he's going to be loyal to yeah i just don't know where his loyalties really are gonna lie um because mm-hmm. i really never believed that little me do a dance for you was real that was him saving mm-hmm. that's what that was yeah i would do a little dance if somebody would have come <laughs> to my head and said you will respond to this person okay mm. do, do, do. 
So, or will Penguin off him? I don't know. I because don't, Butch well, has been very helpful. Mm-hmm. Butch has been very helpful. Well, he's also been very annoying because he kind of undercut Penguin with the whole booze thing. Like, he, he brought in his own crew to get the booze when Penguin was already there to get the booze. Yeah, but he got it in a significantly better way. Yeah. And, you know, he's I, teaching him the way because Penguin mm-hmm. didn't know all these things. Butch knew all of them. Yeah. I think ultimately, I, I don't think, I, I think Bush is loyal, or Butch is uh, loyal to Penguin in up and until the point Fish shows up. Because, I mean, we've seen before he killed his childhood friend for Fish because right. Fish, his relationship with Fish meant so much to him. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I don't know. I, ju- I, I just see him completely like... Uh, throwing penguin to the wolves the second fish shows her face yeah her, her slightly disfigured from the helicopter crash face I'm curious who the wolves will be though okay well i guess i guess you it's know what time, time it is do, it's time do, to do, do. look at this joker look at this joker. joker he's a toy he has barrel hands for girls and boys jokers are cool jokers are rad if you don't like jokers i'm your dad i've got a cool little lego guy yeah you want to bring him up a little closer to the big camera oh yeah there we go hello joker hello joker yes so uh, look at this joker do. this is where we look at the clue Clues, uh, mentions, etc. about the Joker in Gotham, but there weren't any this week. No. So instead, we're going to be talking about this picture that uh, David Ayer uh, from the Suicide Suicide Suicide. Squad, Suicide Squid, my friend Tom, (laughs) did earlier (laughs) this week, of uh, Jared Leto as the Joker. Uh, Now, if you see here, he has uh, tattoos all over him, Mm -hmm. uh, big damage tattooed across his face, a big smiley face tattooed on his arm, and he has sort of like a... Like a rapper's grill almost, like fake teeth. So uh, this is the uh, not going to be the official Joker of the Suicide Squad. I guess the, the, they did this just as a special like one-off photo Promo. for uh, the Joker's 75th anniversary. Okay, but so this has been bothering me. You said that. Is this a photo or a drawing? It's a photo. Is it a photo? Yeah, it's a photo. Because it really looks like a drawing. It, it, it's one of those like really super highly stylized, mm. almost HDR kind of photos. But I, I like the look. First of all, people will say the damage on the hair is too obvious. You got to remember. Remember, he's holding his hair back there. Mm-hmm. It would naturally fall over that tattoo to where he could just be like, ah, and then kill you or whatever. You know, pull back the hair for a second. Is that a thing? No. Okay. Uh, oh. But I, I, I will say that there have been ovations and indications online that this is definitely not the final look. In fact, there's been some leaked photos um, from cell phones on the set mm-hmm. uh, where he's wearing a white white suit, more like in The Dark Knight Returns or something like that. So if you don't like this look, it's okay. It's probably not going to be the final look. There will be, like there'll look, be bits though. of this, though. I, I actually really like the grill because it shows, you know, that he has a big history fighting the Batman, you know, or being in a lot of fights and getting his teeth broken. Oh. You know, because that makes sense because this is going to be an older older Joker because Batman's an older Batman, he, a Batman who's been operating for about 10 years. So obviously he's he has some battle scars probably. I'm sure he does. And you said you liked him like this too, right? Yeah, I do. I really do. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is kind of an exciting for me. I also love Jared Leto. It's okay. Yeah. Whatever. It, it, it's, it, it's, we were talking about this before the show started. Um, they, they, about Jared Leto looking 10 years younger than he did in uh, My So-Called Life. Yeah, definitely. Like he aged down. <laughs> I think it was – what was it? Prefontaine or whatever that got him to like crazy physical shape and it's yeah. just stayed. Mm. I don't know. So there's that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> but just, I – There's I, my story. I think we're both uh, cautiously optimistic about about the, uh, the new Suicide Squad Joker. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing we wanted to mention real quick, and obviously this will be after next week. 
week's episode, but just to give it a little bit of a tease here, mm-hmm. on May 16th, we're going to be teaming up with our, our friends, uh, our compatriots, our fellow Justice League members at the DCTVpodcast.com collective, mm-hmm. and we're going to be doing a big uh, live uh, stream all day where we're each recording mm-hmm. one of our podcasts, and it, uh, w- what's the charity? Um, I'm not sure the specific mm-hmm. one, but it is going to be going towards cancer research mm-hmm. because, um, I don't know if you're familiar or not, one of the podcasters from Supergirl Radio, Rebecca Johnson. Yeah, and she, um, she also uh, calls in here all the time. She does. Um, she is a breast cancer survivor, so we are doing this in support of her and I believe the facility that helped her. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's what we are going to be raising money for. I believe the collective goal is $500. Um, and as soon as we have a link, we'll be sharing that all over the place. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But just a, just a heads up, May 16th, we're going to be doing a, a fun little, little bonus. Event. Oh, I will say that uh, Morgan in the chat room said in the LA Times interview tonight, mm-hmm. uh, Robin, Robin Lord Taylor mm-hmm. talked about his final scene with Jada. Apparently, it's quite short and it left him in tears. Interesting. So, yeah, that should be pretty interesting. Okay, uh, we're going to play. Uh, I do have uh, an, a Dog Boy audiobook coming out this week, uh, Dog Boy Eye of the Scarab. Mm-hmm. And so, I uh, first of all, I just wanted to say if anyone wants a copy, uh, they give us a bu- uh, Audible gives us a bunch of copies to give away. So, if you want a copy, email me, legendsofgotham at gmail.com. Free copy. And uh, this clip that, <laughs> Sorry. This, uh, clip that I'm going to play you, it's uh, from uh, the last third of the book. Basically, Dog Boy's breaking into City Hall, and when he gets confronted by the police, he busts out with a few uh, uh, familiar uh, names. You might be uh, you, you might catch the references here, but we'll play this and we'll be, we'll be right back. Commander noticed the delay. He snapped his neck around. Who's the kid? He asked. Some people call me the curse of Colta City, Dogboy said. Others call me the Bark Knight. I prefer Dogboy, thank you very much. The commander pulled out his pistol and fired it at the teen terror. Before the bullet left the chamber, Dogboy hopped out of time, ran to the gun, then pointed it up at the ceiling. Time in. The commander jumped as the bullet's breach knocked some drywall dust down on his head. What the hell was that? The commander said. You'd better watch your language, mister. My mom would have slapped me for saying something like that. Since she's not here, I guess I'll do the honors. Dogboy produced his orange ball again, then tossed it at the wall. It went clean through, leaving nary a mark on the eggshell paint job. Fetch, he told the commander, who ran at the wall. He did not go through it like the ball had. His forehead smacked against the plaster. Dog Boy, Eye of the Scarab by Bill Meeks. Pick it up today on Audible, Amazon, Kobo, or Nook at book4.dogboyadventures.com. Yeah, but that's Dog Boy, Eye of the Scarab. And like I said, if you want to, uh, you can go there and buy a copy. It's available, you know, in EPUB format or Mm -hmm. Kindle, all that kind of stuff. Or you can just email me, legendsofgotham at gmail.com, and I'll send you a free copy. Because I'm nice like that. Okay, before we get back to the main discussion, uh, Bobby, uh, who's in the chat room tonight, mm-hmm. I fa- found an interesting little Easter egg here that I, I wanted to go ahead and mention. But we'll go ahead and let him talk about it, and then I'll show it to you. Hey, guys. I just wanted to share a possible uh, 66th Batman Easter egg I saw to go along with uh, Bill's Chief O'Hare spotting. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong, but in the uh, scene with Bruce and Alfred in the study, I'm pretty sure I saw a small uh, medium that uh, was reminiscent of the bus that Adam West would, uh, you know, the button for the bat poles that they'd lift up on the head and press the button for the bat poles. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, just thought I'd share. 
Uh, yeah, Bobby, I, I went ahead and pulled a screen grab of it here. I'm showing it on the stream. But yeah, this is definitely the William Shakespeare bust that was on uh, Bruce Wayne's desk in the old 60s show. And this is something that I, I feel like we might have seen before, but I... I don't think we... I think we saw it, but we didn't like think of yeah. it that way. Or if we noticed it or mentioned it, it's been so long that we forgot about it. So probably good to point out again for people who missed it. So thank you very like much us. for that, Bobby. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, just uh, some people saying in, in the chat room here that they're, they're not a fan of the fish character and they're probably pretty happy to see her leave i was good with her up until like honestly if they'd mm. have just let her go at 16 i'd have been good it would have been a satisfying we art did for not need the doll mocker mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. well i Sorry. guess we should talk about her friend with benefits though uh harvey uh steps harvey. out to the to the uh, sex club <laughs> in this episode and got scared a little bit yeah uh, which it was one of my favorite parts about the entire episode. It was just that, you know, the, the whole uh, Ingrid and Garrett, I believe the names were, uh-huh. they were putting on the show at the Fox Club and everything. I But they didn't show anything Thank going on goodness. on stage. But the, the look on Harvey's face and the complete – how horrified he was. There was a pig. Yeah. There was a Chainsaw. chainsaw. But it, it, the look on his face and his reaction said so much more than anything they could have possibly filmed, yeah. especially anything they could have shown on Fox. But I mean, really anywhere. Right. Like the things I'm picturing in my head, I you don't, don't want to know. I can't even picture him. That's best. Yeah. And the thing is, the reason it works so well is because Harvey is such – he's like this old, crusty, nasty guy. We saw the the girl he brought to Jim's place earlier in the season and, you know, like he's oh, always gosh. drunk and, you know, he's just this I really nasty – I think he's nasty. turning around. I he, think he's he turning is, around. Definitely. And he looks good in an Italian suit that somehow <laughs> made it into his locker somehow funny how that happened funny very but, funny but you know the fact that we know that he he's not exactly the most prim and proper person no. in gotham may kind of made that impact even more so that mm. yeah ingrid and garrett you don't want to see that act i think the thing that about it that really surprised me is how quickly he was like mm-hmm. oh no oh, no we're done gcpd like he waited no time mm. like i thought he would at least like not a little maybe uh maybe he had a he had a, he had a pet pig when he was growing up and he just couldn't he just couldn't handle it. Rip pig. Uh, but I also really like this episode that Harvey uh, kind of gut checked Jim there in the uh, torture chamber and everything. Uh, you know, being like, Jim, you understand we're probably not going to save her. She's probably already gone. You, I just need you to be prepared for that. And I, I, it kind mm-hmm. of struck me how much their dynamic has changed since earlier in the season. Because mm-hmm. earlier in the season, at first it was distrustful and then back and forth and this, that and the other. And slowly building into sort of like a okay partnership, just like, okay, we're partners, so we have to work together kind of thing. To where now it's almost like they're, they're bosom buddies. Uh, they're they're firm partners now and harvey wants jim to be okay because he likes jim and he he needs jim right and he he likes what jim's doing within the police department and so you know a big turnaround from the first half of the season also though i thought that jim had a very kind of in the opposite direction uh turnaround i where he he was okay with doing the enhanced interrogation on the pimp to get the location of the harvey, fox Club. i'm going to break code <laughs> i think i saw some donuts yeah yeah i it, loved it I I love that. I but, like that they're rubbing off on each other. But the thing is, though, that's something that Jim would have been vehemently against in the earlier in the season. And it kind of makes me think that maybe we're going to see a darker turn for Jim in season two, because not only is he he's, he's becoming very obsessive and mm-hmm. very all of this falls on my shoulders, but he's also in a lot of ways believing his own hype. And I think yeah, I is. think that's a very dangerous thing. And I think that's probably what has caused a lot of, you know, uh, police officers in the GCPD to 
fall off the wagon and get involved with all these criminals and everything. And he's already making compromises yeah. everywhere with Penguin and, uh, you know, when, when the hooker is like, hey, if you find if you find the ogre, will you kill him for me? And he's like, yeah. And yeah. It, that's not pro- proper police p- procedure. I mean, he's letting his, his personal investment in the situation clouded clouded his judgment and he's not the the completely morally centered character that we had earlier in the season yeah it'll come back around yeah probably but i i think that would be an interesting arc for him in season two to where he kind of maybe okay maybe a little yeah maybe i i I like uh you know bending the rules a little bit maybe it's more effective Mm -hmm. well like we saw him with butch and uh, Mm -hmm. penguin yeah well plus you know he had that whole big speech i think in the first or second episode it was right before oswald showed up at barbara's door Oh. Uh, where he was talking about how, like, you can't have vigilantes because there's law and order and they, that's the way it's supposed to be. And I, I think maybe we also might see towards the end of the season or, or next season, maybe he's mo- a little more okay with a balloon man or, you know, maybe he's more okay with a no. Der Fledermaus. I don't think he's really okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. He's still really majority working for the side of the law. Mm-hmm. Like, he just wants to bring all the villains to justice, but he's going about it mostly legally. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. he just rough, he roughed up a pimp. I, I'm, I'm just saying he that... He killed a guy that actually... I mean, they kind of had to kill him. There was no way out there. <laughs> like... Oh, yeah. In the situation he was in at the mansion and everything, yeah, totally had to kill the ogre. No question. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just saying that, you know, we're seeing Jim kind of slide a little bit and i mean bobby in the chat room also mentions that you know earlier in the season jim used a phone book on a guy too Mm -hmm. so i mean yeah he and i mean even the the whole like uh office office fights from the uh mask episode or black mask episode yeah i mean you have to you mm. have to do what you have to do like some of it is really just like keeping him alive Mm -hmm. keeping him afloat yeah definitely (laughs) like the blue guy a A float i mean not a boat <laughs> it's a boat and it's a float. Uh, Nobody, Lee. no crime. Nobody, no crime. Sorry, go ahead. Lee. Lee. Leslie. Sorry. Leslie. No. <laughs> Lee. Um, she kind of impressed me in this episode. Like, you could tell there was jealousy there over how like up in arms he was over barbara he's not sleeping he's not eating he's mm-hmm. just i gotta get i gotta do this i gotta do this i gotta do this i thought she did pretty good covering her uh jealousy there in the beginning yeah um like okay you need to eat you need to do stuff no no i gotta find her i gotta find her um but i like that at the end he he basically gave her, he's like no no i love you not her mm-hmm. or here as i put in the dog <laughs> um i'd still protect you over her mm-hmm. she needed that you yeah. could tell, like, there was, like, relief in her face. Like, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, more power to her. But can she do something, please? I, I was about to say the one complaint I had I, the, the through the whole ogre arc, really, is that, you know, she's made about one appearance an episode uh, playing the part of the girlfriend that we saw Barbara playing in the first few episodes. Just kind of like, are you okay, Jim? What do you need, Jim? You need someone to bounce some ideas off of, Jim? Where, you know, for a while there, she was kind of, she was good. You know, had all of her fingers in on all of these investigations that mm-hmm. Jim was doing. And I wonder if it might have something to do with her having to hop off to do Deadpool the Deadpool uh, movie or something it might yeah but like the thing about that is you know that's why nobody liked Barbara <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and you have so her... Gorkins here mm-hmm. I don't know yeah and you have her there in the GCPD so it just it just makes sense to have her at least do something kind of involved in the investigation or even you know doing her job mm-hmm. she shouldn't just be like up on the floor <laughs> bringing him a sandwich yeah it was a little weird okay so, so there's that 
So Barbara's pretty much cracked, right? She's done. She's like oh, fried God. mentally, right? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I cannot. Like, he killed her parents, which <laughs> I have things to say about that. Like, But first of all, what I want to know is what exactly was in that drink? Because at first, when he first gave it to her, before it was even revealed, there was something in it. Mm. Like, I was like, oh, he's going to knock her out with that liquid, even though he's telling her it's just water. Well, I believe him was water. But but uh, whatchamacallit, at first I thought it was just some sort of like knockout juice or mm-hmm. a roofie or something like that but i actually think it might have been like some sort of like psychotropic or hallucinogenic thing because she seemed to have a really hard mental break after that where before she was terrified rightly so she became sort of like precious moments doll like Damn, you shouldn't be here why are you here mommy i love your red blush why did you put it on daddy Oh. Yeah, but it was re- it was weird. Yeah. It, it was weird. So I, I definitely think there was something more going on with that drink, which mm-hmm. I wonder how that's going to affect her going down the road. She's probably at Arkham now, probably. I, 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 I also love, I absolutely love, probably my favorite thing the character has ever done, that she asked the ogre to kill her parents. Okay, I didn't read It made read me so ahead. happy. I didn't read ahead because my next point almost says the complete opposite. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, compare, contrast. Compare, contrast. No, but I, I loved it just because <laughs> – and it seemed like they were building to this with her walking in on them in the locker room and everything a few episodes back. That She was going to ask him to kill Leslie because she was jealous of Leslie because of Jim. And, and so I, I thought it was really nice that, uh, you know, for, for one, that she asked him to kill her parents instead because we knew they had a rocky relationship anyway. I almost forgot that she had parents actually. Actually, because it's been so long since we saw that. I think that was... It was just one scene, yeah. That that was the episode where Jim was working at Arkham. So that was like way back in January or something. Mm-hmm. I, I'd almost completely forgotten about them. But I, I love that they didn't go the easy route and just make it about jealousy or about, you know, her being jealous of Leslie or about the relationship or whatever. And that probably would have backfired on her anyway yeah. because the ogre... Uh, there's one thing he he has a bunch of unspoken rules and if you break them you're dead yeah. and one of them apparently is don't mention jim yeah so don't mention his current girlfriend right well no but the curtain girlfriend's mm-hmm. what's gonna hurt him so mm-hmm. are you oh and she 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 looked really 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 creepy in the last scene there and i even the chat room says barbara somewhat reminds me of miriam Loeb. uh trouble for jim in the future perhaps possibly yeah definitely like the commissioner Loeb's daughter yeah for sure i um see okay me with the whole tell me who to kill barbara okay he's demanding for a name any name she literally could have said anyone i know that her relationship was rocky with her parents but it's her parents you could tell even when they were there she didn't want him to do it Mm-hmm. it's like well do you- see i don't know if they i don't know if that's true i kind of think that she did she if it had to be anyone she wanted it to be them you know what i mean hmm. i don't know i mean why did he even ask for a name though he shouldn't have had to ask her for a name because mm-hmm. when he realized that um she wasn't with jim shouldn't he have done a little research to find out that he was with lee and just gone after her well, they, they haven't exactly uh, attended any charity balls together, so it might have been a little harder to suss that out. Yeah, but she was in the background. They purposely actually put her, I think, mm-hmm. um, she was at the press conference. But before the cameras, she moved before the cameras started rolling. Because I just remember, I remember the press conference being just like a solo shot of Jim, nothing in the background. Yeah, but you think nobody was watching? Mm-hmm. Like nobody, I don't know. Well, I think the thing is, you know, you, you meet a guy, you go out on a couple dates. What's the next step? You bring them back home to meet the parents. That's I mean, just wrong. No, I mean, seriously. That's so wrong. Okay, okay. Well, you go out on a couple dates. Maybe maybe you uh, you have a sleepover. <sighs> 
And then you go to meet the parents. And, and I really Moving think that's right all that was going on here. Um, but uh, let's see here. Okay, so Penguin is more and more, and we've pointed this out before, taking after fish mm-hmm. and kind of kind of stealing some pages out of Fish's playbook mm-hmm. with the whole uh, pit, pitting mob mobsters against mobsters, letting them fight it out, mm-hmm. and then you're the la- last, last one left standing. standing there. Yeah. It, so it, this didn't go too well for Fish, obviously. No. So I, I'm sure that the Penguin realizes that. Uh, so if he realizes that, why is he doing it? Why is he? Why this plan specifically? I think what, what's going on here is he he needs to prove to himself. I, I mean, Fish is out of the picture. Who cares what mm-hmm. she thinks? But he needs to prove to himself that he can do what Fish couldn't, and that's mm-hmm. come out on top in this whole big conf- conflict right. going on in in the Gotham mobs. Scene, scene. It's completely about proving uh, Fish wrong in that, you know, because she thought the Penguin w- was weak and, mm-hmm. you know, only deserved to be like an assistant at most. Mm-hmm. A- and uh, I-, I think he just wants to prove her wrong, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. going to go with that. Yep. Mm-hmm. D- did you like the reveal of, uh, of it overall? Um... Of, of the Penguin's big plan? Yes. Yeah, that was fun. Um, it really, and you kind of got that as soon as um, hired mobster guy, not hired mobster guy, hired hitman is like, you know, basically tells Maroney's from Falcone. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, <laughs> you can just see it even before the gun doesn't go mm-hmm. off. So. Oh, also, uh, the, the the title of the episode might have had a little bit of a play there to uh, been referencing that scene a little bit, too, because anvils and hammers are both parts of guns, I believe. I'm not a big bu- gun guy. So mm. someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure like the anvil or the hammer comes down and hits the anvil and that's what pushes the bullet out of the gun. And I'm assuming maybe the firing pin that the penguin took out of the guns mm-hmm. is involved in that mechanism somehow. Mm. If so, that makes it an even uh, more clever title. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby in the chat room says, uh, at that point, it wasn't about Jim. Uh, the ogre wanted Barbara and he wanted her to be compliant, which I, I completely yeah. completely makes sense too. I could see that. Like he didn't really care about Jim anymore until he busted into the parents' place, right? Yes. So, uh, uh, so one uh, last uh, little familiar phrase here to wrap up with. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? There There's were, a head in the box. There were like pint glasses for some people I saw on Twitter that Gotham was sending out. Send us Send pint us glasses. We'll pint drink glasses. out of them every episode. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I drink. Mm-hmm. I drink. I like, I like we'll give glasses. some away too. Yeah, sure. Send us extras. <laughs> um, yeah, those perfect. Like I said, those perfectly placed words. The last words to Maroni, mm-hmm. and how the guy's like, I don't understand why you say something to him right before you kill him. Yeah, well, that's because you're dying and your head's going in a box. So I thought that was kind of neat. Um, but I love how quick everything went from there. Mm-hmm. From there on, heads in the box. We're attacking three businesses. And that emo song playing. Oh, I don't Bruce even Wayne know. Stares at his wall. Yeah, and like Maroni with that crazy gun that like boom, boom. I don't know. Like <laughs> whatever was in that car is no longer anything it's like dust mm. um yeah basically it's just gonna get interesting and i'm yeah, kind of bruce excited. bruce staring at his wall of evidence you're which, obsessed well the thing with is the walls uh, of evidence. both in gotham and on once upon a time this season uh-huh. the, the wall of evidence has been like a major plot point in both shows oh, and, it, yeah. and it's come up several times in several different walls of evidence so. right so it's just, it, it feels like uh, the TV writers in the world are conspiring uh, to sell yarn and tape and push pins and maps. So arbitrary scale. Let's oh. see here. Out oh. of oh. 12 big babies in the Foxglove Sex Club, how many uh, big babies in the Foxglove Sex Club do you give this episode? Ten in a bottle. Why? <laughs> um, this episode is amazing. 
I love that it's been building up so much and building up and building up. What are you doing over there? Oh, um, <laughs> I can't wait to see. Like, we're gonna look at the preview here in a few minutes, but mm-hmm. it literally goes kaplawi. Yeah, it's, and it's just, just all kaplow. I can already give you <laughs> next week is probably a twelve out of twelve. Mm-hmm. A twelve out of twelve. I'm giving it. You, you, you're calling it now. Um, you're calling it this. I far might out. be calling it now. You've never given a perfect score to any episode of any show we've ever done a podcast about. Ever. I know, but I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited. I hope it lives up to your expectations. So That's do I. A, otherwise, I'm going to cry all summer. It's a big mountain to climb. Big mountain. <laughs> Okay, and as for me, and we're uh, oh, by the way, I put put the uh, scale in the chat room too. If you guys want to weigh in over there, I, I'm going to go ahead and give it eleven point three. I won't, I'm not going to tell you what the point three represents. Uh, big babies in the Fox Club. Uh, sex club i really liked it I, I i really enjoyed it if anything i think that uh I, I i feel like they're playing the riddler story a little too slow and i have your complaint that you had earlier and that leslie had like nothing to do with this episode she hasn't done anything in a while yeah yeah so those are my big complaints but really good uh storyline for harvey mm-hmm. uh for J- i actually i thought ben mckenzie showed more range in this episode than he has in the entire series so yeah. far i i thought he did really good and okay. uh I, I always love a little bruce wayne in my life and mm-hmm. yeah there was a little oh. a little tiny short bruce wayne in this oh one, we so. didn't even mention he came clean to alfred about oh yeah about uh selena and stuff but uh <sighs> Alfred totally already knew that something he, was going on. So there. he knew something was going on, but he didn't necessarily know the entire truth. So there's that. I, th- I think uh, what's the highest? Twelve out of twelve would be the highest, yeah. Morgan. Twelve out of twelve. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a, a really good episode. Really excited for next week and everything. We're gonna we have some news and some some of your uh, thoughts from the feedback and everything. But first, we want to tell you just a little bit about our uh, Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/UniverseBoxAmory. You want to give them the gist? Sure. Okay. Um, currently, we are producing three weekly video podcasts: um, Legends mm-hmm. of Gotham, Greetings from Storybook, and Universe Box. Uh, right now, we're working to up our content. We want to bring you more and more specials, possibly another full-time show even mm-hmm. and even up our production values on our current shows but to do that we really need everybody's help um which is where the patreon comes in <laughs> uh you could donate anything from 10 cents to 50 bucks 10 bucks five dollars i don't care whatever you got to spare we'll take it <laughs> um we just want to start producing some more content it'll help with um our books our blogs our podcasts everything mm-hmm. um we've already hit two milestones we no longer have ads other than internal. Um, <laughs> and we have a monthly uh, patron exclusive hangout, which we actually held this past Saturday. Yeah, where uh, um, we all get together on a Google Plus hangout and just, and just hang party. out. Yeah. We literally just hang mm-hmm. out. Um, there was a lot of singing this week. We like to sing. It's a thing <laughs> we do. It's actually also one of the rewards. I believe for $5 or more, mm-hmm. we will sing you a song. No, very, bye, very no bad. Very bad. Like we do every week on Legends of Gotham. Yes. Um, So our next goal is when we hit $200 a month and we'll be doing patron-exclusive movie commentaries. And right now we are scheduled to do Goonies, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and the first Mm -hmm. Harry Potter movie um, as our first three movie commentaries. And those will go straight to our patrons before being released to the public, I think, six months later or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's a great uh, motivator. We're currently at $150.50 
patrons with 24 patrons. Yeah, thank you very much, patrons. Thank you to all we of our patrons. We seriously do. So and They also got uh, – I, oh, yeah. I released two new books this week, and our patrons mm-hmm. got both of them for free. Free. We love to give free things. Mm-hmm. Love to give free things. So, um, yeah, yeah patreon.com slash universe box and help us out. Yeah, definitely. And we think we oh. think – everyone who's yes done this and another thing if you only want to make a one-time donation if you go to youtube there's like a donate or support this site um link and you can make a one-time donation yeah you can do that from pretty much any uh youtube video any of our uh, youtube videos out. okay well that's about that for that so now on, on to the, the news news uh first i should probably mention in the chat room we had got a couple arbitrary scales oh, here morgan gave it a 12 big uh babies in the foxglove sex club out of 12 uh let's say because of jim's ace shooting barbara spine and newfound wealth the arrival of mr fox and penguin's cunning plan <laughs> barbara is rid- even more ridiculously wealthy now <laughs> maybe that was part of it the money See, thing that would make sense to me mm-hmm. maybe they were cutting her off could be could be well it, you know well she's been doing fine off of her art whatever yeah art i'm she sure has. she's doing great off and that. eve gives it 11.4 out of 12 and it will i'm sure we'll hear Bob, bobby's in a little bit but uh first off other uh, ratings by the way you can get the links to all of these stories in the show notes at legendsofgotham.com for this week's episode episode 31 Mm -hmm. and the ratings on fox gotham earned earned a 1.5 share uh, down six percent from last week's uh 1.6 adults 18 to 49 that's just wrong again we're still like way down there in flash arrow numbers like ooh, stinky flash arrow numbers like gotham usually does much better i'm sure we'll do much better yeah i think those are gonna Mm. have to be adjusted up i think we're really really gonna see when are they um when's it going to netflix is it over the summer yeah i believe it's over the summer i think um next season going to open with a bang could you uh yeah eve says could you add a one dollar pledge over on the patreon yeah yes. definitely anything you 10 10 cents is just the lowest tens is the lowest you can totally yeah. do a dollar yeah you could you could do a dollar a month we'll take it yeah a dollar you could do a dollar and 10 cents if you wanted to yeah if you really want to do a 10 cents <laughs> although patreon will probably keep that 10 cents they'll keep the 10 cents you know how they are um uh, but, but yeah so i don't understand mm-hmm. i think these have to get adjusted somewhere but well, the summer it's just gonna go phew, yeah, exactly. I think we're going to come back stronger than ever. And I think it's probably just that mini break we had uh, just lost momentum. Oh, Bobby uh, checked in uh, 10 out of 12. Uh, 10 out of 12. Big babies in the me. Fox Glove Sex Club. Yep. Fox Glove, Glove Sex Club. Club. That's like almost Dr. Seuss. The Cat in the Hat on. and the Fox we're Glove on. Sex we're Club. We're moving on. I can't even <laughs> let you go there. Okay, so we're going to wa- check out this uh, preview for next week here real quick. Episode uh, Season 1, Episode 22, All Happy Families Are Alike. And I think that's fish on a boat starting Is off. So I think I'm so. on a boat. New day begins. We will rule Not only. Gotham. We will rule Gotham. Maroney and his funny accent. Oh, Penguin says, the day I met you, I was planning your demise. I love it. Bunch of gun shooting. Fish with shaved side head. Jim with the Tommy gun. Bruce Wayne with the garage door opener. Or rather, the fireplace opener. Okay, or rather, so the right bat there, cave opener. Alfred looks like he's never seen it before either. Yeah, I, I, I'm assuming that Alfred is not, not in on it. He, he I, I'm assuming he wasn't clued in to uh, everything to Thomas Wayne's, uh, you know, running around behind mm-hmm. with Lucius Fox and everything. I'm, I'm sure Alfred wasn't involved in that. He was just the manservant, you know. Right, but he has a special relationship with Bruce. His relationship with Thomas was always just like, eh, he's my employer. It's cool. Okay. You know, or at least as far as I've read it, I mean, mm-hmm. different interpretations and whatnot. Oh, and we just wanted to point this out here real quick. One of our listeners, Wynn, sent this over to us at desktopgremlins.com. They have a bunch of free uh, paper, paper crafts. craft uh, dolls you can print out uh, with, with your color 
printer and fold together. And they have one for Batman. So get over here, get your Batman paper craft. It's really easy. They have instructions. Mm -hmm. You just print out the sheet, cut it out, fold it up. Good to go. But we'll have that link for the show notes for you over at legendsofgotham.com as Mm -hmm. well. Okay, uh, next up, well, like I said, uh, next week, uh, we are doing the show on Wednesday night instead of Tuesday night. So you do have a little bit of time. You don't quite have to run. After you're done watching Gotham next week, what what you should do, you should uh, take the drink uh, that the ogre has offered you, drink it, fall asleep, wake up, see colors, taste sounds, email us, legendsofgotham at gmail.com, tweet us at legendsofgotham, Facebook is facebook.com slash legendsofgotham, and before you turn into a porcelain doll, voicemail call us at 424-274-2352, again that's 424-274-2352. You're not supposed to be here. First up is Bobby. Take it away, Bobby. Hey, Bill and Amory, it's Bobby. I'm really surprised that the places this show is going, being Mm -hmm. that it's like airs at, uh, what, 8 o'clock network primetime television. I'm no prude, but Jesus. (laughs) First off, I'm really glad that Barbara wasn't fully compliant in what happened to her. Uh, The ogre really put her through the ringer. But whether Mm -hmm. she was drugged or not, she chose her parents to be murdered. I found that surprising because I really thought she was going to say that she wanted uh, Lee murdered, but we all knew she didn't like her parents and she was there when it happened i mean she had like blood splatter and whatnot on her (laughs) so i mean what is this going to go do to her going forward as like a character as a person so i guess what i'm trying to say is that for the first time this whole series i'm actually interested in what's going on with barbara (laughs) me too definitely Mm -hmm. and and i i still hold and i've been saying this for weeks now that they're going to turn her into a super villain i think she'll be a beautiful super villain definitely definitely Mm -hmm. beauty furs and diamonds what what if she gets in that arkham asylum there and uh, starts talking to that Jerome there, and uh, maybe maybe I uh, guess little, in Arkham? little uh, Joker uh, proto Harley Quinn going. Yeah, I'm assuming he's probably in Arkham because he's crazy and he's been caught. Yeah, <laughs> it just sucks that it took this for to come to that. This also was the episode that I really thought it would that would uh, drive Barbara and Jim back together, and that didn't happen. So again, interest more interest going for, going forward. And then we've got the world's greatest little detective on the case. <laughs> and he gets caught on his first outing, so maybe he's not so great just yet. Sad face, he's told that his dad may not be the man that he thought he was. But then he's introduced to Lucius Fox, who secretly tells him that maybe his dad was great. And in his own way, tells him to carry on the good fight. I think it's a great character to introduce to the show and can't wait to see what they do with him. <laughs> but of course, my favorite part of the episode would be uh, Bullock, one of my favorite characters showing up at the uh, Fox glove. <laughs> what the hell was going on with that club? I mean, <laughs> it was like Japanese schoolgirls. There was uh, a big giant baby bunny wearing a diaper everyone was wearing leather there was like harlequin clowns what the hell but the best part was when uh, I, I i will say uh when he walked was walking through that club i was like ah this is the origin of all the flamboyant costumes that all the villains in gotham wear they were all here. once this club got busted they had to sell off the excess inventory so i wonder if there was a condiment king possibly i, it's I don't been a know while. It, I needed to bring it, it, back. it seems like the kind of club where a condiment king would be optional but uh, Ingrid and Gareth were introducing. You saw Bullock's face slowly melt into, oh, <laughs> hell no. What the hell was going on on the stage? I'm pretty sure I heard, like, a pig squealing and a chainsaw going. Good God. And, of course, it looks like Nygma's well on his way to becoming the Riddler. It sucks because, I mean, I like Edward Nygma as a character, but, of course, we all knew it had to go that way eventually, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably the whole point of, you know, the one of the goals of this series is to make us care about the villains. Speaking of villains, 
villains. Of course, we all knew it wasn't going to be quite as easy as, oh, the Penguin's taking out Maroney, because he needs them all to take out each other so he can be the last one standing. All in all, I thought this show did, uh, our episode did a great job of not only tying up the ogre story arc, but ramping up things to bring us into the inevitable conclusion of the season. I just have one gripe. Where the hell are Montoya and Al? It's <laughs> yes, been weeks yes. now. And with this whole gang war ramping up, we He's need up Montoya and Alan. So I'll give this episode nine piece, nine of twelve Doherty, pe- nine of twelve pieces <laughs> of Doherty. <laughs> Thank you very much, Bobby. And yes, she's right there. Yeah, she's up on our wall Montoya's here. Montoya's right up there. Yes, uh, talking about how TV rules. TV does Marie. rule. Yes, but we want Montoya and Alan back too, and also Montoya and Alan. Our, our next Montoya and Alan. Yeah, I'm just people who her. like that sentiment might like our next letter too. And this is from Charles D- John. And he sent this in last week uh, after last week's episode Mm -hmm. for context. Uh, He says, first of all, love the podcast. Let me just say I really love the show, but I am having a lot of problems with it. It seems like it's all over the place. Are Montoya and Alan even still on the force or on some kind of sabbatical? Bring back Montoya Montoya and Alan! This week, Maroney appeared for the first time in how many weeks for seemingly no reason? That scene in particular was so over the top, I thought it was going to be a dream sequence. But I guess it was real. Uh, Falcone must be be away in Florida playing golf because he hasn't been around. And I think he meant... uh, No, Oh, he said Maroney. Okay. Uh, Falcone must uh, be away in Florida playing golf because he hasn't been around. Who are those two people who got shot in episode one? Oh, yeah. Thomas and Martha Wayne. (laughs) It's as if Gordon forgot he was even investigating that crime. I see people saying that. I don't think so. There's just been a lot going on. Well, the thing is, Bruce specifically called Jim off the case. Like, I mean, obviously... Is a kid going to be able to tell a cop what to do? But he's a very rich and powerful kid. Jim was doing it as a favor to the kid, you know. But Jim had introduced Montoya and Alan to To help with the case. Maybe they're off investigating the murder. Maybe that's what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I love the show. I just wish they would tighten up a few things. Uh, CJ Charles Johnson. Thank you very much, Charles. And an old friend of mine. Also, uh, very clown-like, that guy. Okay, next up is Joel from Portland. Take it away, Joel. And sorry you weren't able to get in the video version, but we got the voicemail a little bit late. Hey, Bill and Emery. It's Joel from Portland. Hopefully I'm not calling too late for this week's show. But uh, we finally got... It's not the episode that we need. It's the episode we deserve. All it took was uh, a little bit of stabbing and a little bit of crying last week, but now finally the Penguin and the Riddler have gone from being punks to real villains. Uh, this episode really had everything. I love the lampshades that are made out of umbrellas. I love the dating tips from Bill Cosby that the ogre used. It's just very current events. Anyways, a uh, great episode. I give it 15 out of 20 Polaroid pictures, but uh, I can't wait to see what happens next week. Thanks for the show, guys. Take care. Okay, uh, next up, uh, let's take it away. Michael Lucero, what do you have to say? Hey, Bill and Anne-Marie, it's Michael. Hey, Michael. Uh, did Harvey just say pwn in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I really liked it. Uh, Jim violating departmental regulations on interrogations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was so much different from when Harvey was beating up a suspect in the beginning of the season. Yeah, that's just what I was thinking about when I, I mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Jim really beat that guy up, though. It seemed like he was about to crack when the scene cut to Jim walking down the hall. Uh, and I guess the threat was enough and Jim uh, knew that. Um, so then his knowledge of police corruption and the other guy's knowledge uh, were enough to get what he needed. And um, to me, this is good storytelling. At first, we see Jim with a noble code of ethics and a high standard, but unable to function uh, in an atmosphere of complete corruption. 
And now he's learning to function within that atmosphere, uh, being flexible enough to work within uh, those strictures, but not actually sacrificing his ethical standards. Uh, I don't think uh, episode one, Jim could have or would have been able to do that. So I think that's really neat uh, evidence of evolution of his character. Um, the ogre stuff was great, um, but how creepy was Barbara in that last scene? I wonder if, uh, uh, what do you think? Is this the last we've seen of creepy Barbara or <laughs> you think she's going to go on to become a super villainess? Uh, I really, I, I think we stated that earlier, Michael. Really hope so. Um, what do you think was in Bunderslaw's safe? And do you think we'll go back to that? Or was that uh, scene more about um, introducing the idea of uh, Bruce's parents being possibly corrupt, possibly not? I think that Bunderslav, Blandersnatch, uh, oh. never had anything in that safe. No. I, I don't think it, he would have kept any sort of incriminating evidence in there at all, personally, but uh, that's just me. Oh, also, Morgan says bring back Montoya and Alan. I'm yes. trying to find what the hashtag is because I know there <laughs> is one. Um, anyway, can't wait to uh, see the gang war that's going to start up in the next mm-hmm. episode, uh, which is, I guess, is the last one. So yep. it's been a great season. Can't wait to hear what you all think. All right, take care. Bye. Thank you, Michael. And yeah, it kind of snuck up on us too. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have a couple of uh, tweets, comments, uh, short comments here to yes. go out on. First of all, if you guys saw the video slash picture we put out a couple weeks ago uh, with the Chief O'Hara guy uh, from the end of an episode, a uh, pastor of Batman commented on the site and said, wow, if that wasn't intentional, it should have been. A good call, Bill. As much as I've watched Batman 66 recently, I'm embarrassed that I didn't notice the similarity. And uh, you want to take these tweets yeah, I'll take here? these. Okay, um, Chinook, um, at Andreas underscore sh- um, <laughs> heard a radio spot with a man and a woman talking excitedly about Ga- Gotham. Sad it wasn't at Legends of Gotham, Bill Meeks and AMD Simone. We were too. Mm-hmm. Um, Reginald Anderson says, I gave it a 10 outstanding. And Chad Fiesel, I liked it. <laughs> And uh, Eve, who is also in our chat room tonight, at Eve Canis, uh, says, I honestly clapped at Penguin's plan. Once again, people playing off each other without getting his hands dirty, or playing people off each other without getting his hands dirty for now, and also loved Nigma's little hint in his fake letter, mm-hmm. plus Barbara, uh, Barbara shocked me as she targeted her parents and not Jim. Mm-hmm. All interesting stuff, and thank you so much for everyone who wrote in. Like I said, next week, you have an extra day. You don't have to stress out too much. What you do, you, you kick back a fifth of Jack, take 12 hits of acid, oh. take a nap, <laughs> then wake up. Email us legendsofgotham at gmail.com. wake up after a fifth of Jack and that, 10 hits of acid? Well, after 10 hits of acid, I don't think they're going to go to sleep. Uh, tweet us at Legends of Gotham. Facebook at facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. Wow. And the voicemail number where you can reach our parents. 424-274-2352. Where you can reach our parents. 424-274-2352. Rare form tonight. Yeah, well, man. <laughs> okay. So, Anne-Marie, where can people find you online you can find me on twitter at amd simone and as for me you can follow me online at bill meeks uh, you can follow all the podcasts we do about this one greetings from storybrooke about abc's once upon a time and universe box a story set to a theme the show about everything at universebox.com and you can follow the uh superhero stories i write dogboy adventures at dogboyadventures.com and again we want to thank our chat room uh, another quick reminder that we will be broadcasting Wednesday. next Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. EST at live.universebox.com. And I guess that's about it, probably, right? I, don't I think, think so. Is there anything else? Nah. Okay, well, <laughs> join us next time then for more Legends, Legends of, of Gotham. Gotham. <laughs>
I guess they're um, screening the finale tonight for the cast. Oh, are they? Yeah. Very cool. Anything, any, see, that, that's I a d- shame that we didn't know that. We probably could have got some live tweets from them. Yeah, but the it hasn't started yet. Oh, okay. That's fair. Well, mm-hmm. uh, check out the cast tweets, I guess.